conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. I see lots of you already dialing. I'll get to your calls in a moment. Let me just uh, speak to Isaiah Mklanga for our thinking point. He is chief economist at Alexander Forbes. And we're talking about uh, the state of the economy. Of course, the first quarter creating uh, 41,000 new jobs, uh, 42,000 rather, uh, new jobs in the first quarter of the 2022-23 financial year. However, only 1,000 of those jobs created are permanent uh, jobs. The economic recovery in employment, of course, looks slightly positive on paper. However, the reality is that we now have more workers that are in a vulnerable position. Isaiah, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning, Patty. Always a pleasure uh, talking to you. Why is it so concerning that the majority of jobs created are part-time work? It is concerning, Kathy. I think if we look just before the pandemic, uh, we, we had decent levels of employment. The pandemic came, a lot of people lost jobs. In fact, according to the Q quarterly employment statistics, in the formal sector, there were about 654,000 jobs lost. In the uh, you know uh, informal, you could say the part-time workers uh, they lost about 112,000 jobs in June alone. Um, but what we are now seeing as the economy recovers, a lot of the people that had full-time jobs before the pandemic that lost them, they are now getting employed on a part-time basis, mm. which means they are now more vulnerable than before. Uh, because part-time uh, jobs simply signals that private sector is not certain about economic prospects. And as a result, they don't want to crystallize uh, the wage costs. They want the ability to, to reduce those number of jobs whenever the economic conditions are not uh, conducive for them. But for workers, it means they don't have certainty of work, uh, especially given the rising costs that we have. That is a significant, uh, you know, that is a significant risk for workers to bear, uh, given that, you know, it's quite difficult to deal with rising costs of fuel, rising costs of food, if you don't know how long you're going to be in a job. Mm -hmm. That's why it is a big concern. And, and and that's and and that's really um, one of the the risks of part time work is that people don't know uh, when that work might end. Even though there are you know contracts that people enter into, often it's very easy uh, to almost get rid of of those contracts. There's just a level of protection that is not offered uh, to part time workers. Uh, absolutely, even in terms of the employee benefits. Uh, part-time work normally do not get uh, things like medical aid, disability cover, mm. uh, and the likes, uh, simply because they're part-time. Uh, but those benefits normally accrue to full-time uh, you know, employees. So in addition to the uncertainty, the benefits are also not as high as what we get in full-time employment, which is, again, another negative. Isaiah, you also raise an important point about where these jobs are being created. And they primarily seem to be coming out of the public sector. And you say that this is not good news for the country. Look, 
for now, because, you know, governments have to help those that are impacted in times of need, we could say it is good for, 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 for the employees that are being given a lifeline by government. But ultimately, this is not sustainable, given that we know in terms of our fiscal government have been saying, uh, you know, we are fiscally constrained and they have not budgeted for increasing the number of workers in the public sector as a whole. And over the next couple of years, government's intention is to limit the growth of the numbers of employees which they have, if not reduce them. Which means beyond the next year or two, we are unlikely to see these jobs being retained. That's why they are part-time. There is no intention to make them permanent because of the constraints that we have. But if we look in the private sector, it's highly doubtful that uh, we are going to see the private sector creating enough jobs to be able to, to, to absorb those that would perhaps want to leave the public sector to join the private sector on a full-time basis because of a number of uncertainties. Load shedding, page six that we have currently is a big constraint, but also globally things are changing for the worse, where expectations of a global recession are now increasingly becoming likely. So the business environment is not going to, to be optimistic as far as its outlook is concerned and they are unlikely to absorb these workers. So mm-hmm. it's a significant risk that we are facing, uh, you know, uh, in, in the next couple of quarters. Meanwhile, we have a lot of other costs, such as interest rates that are rising because the central bank wants to control inflation, which just means it's a confluence of all negative factors that are, playing, uh, that are taking place at the same time, um, you know, uh, facing facing consumers, which is really a difficult time to, 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 to deal with. Isaac, you raised this issue of, of load shedding, and from the perspective of the private sector, how do they factor in the, the, the problems that the country is having with power supply, and how would that then ultimately have an impact on whether or not jobs are created? You know, the cost of load sharing is quite huge on the economy. If you consider stage six, mean you don't have power for eight hours in a day. Mm. If you are a small business that is operating that needs power, it means essentially for much of the operating period you are not working. You lose out in terms of the potential revenues that you have. That's one aspect. The other aspect is for those businesses that can procure diesel generators, they have to incur costs to do that and to limit the total costs, they will opt not to employ or even reduce the number of people which they have to be able to keep within a, you know, a, a profitable uh, you know, margins. And that automatically means some people lose jobs because of the increased costs which companies have to incur to uh, procure diesel generators. So in addition to the loss of revenue because you're not working and you have to procure all these additional costs, uh, I mean uh, procure uh, additional equipment 
at an additional cost. It implies something has to give. And normally, the easiest way that businesses do is to reduce the number of people. Mm. If at all, they will employ them on a part-time basis to be able to, 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 to reduce them whenever the need arises. Of course, the most difficult thing here is the fact that we're not expecting um, that our power situation is going to change significantly in the next two to three years. It doesn't look like it's going to change significantly. So, so what what must what must we then prepare for in terms of expectations of of the labor market? There, therein lies the the big risk. It is because we know our energy situation is not going to improve significantly over the next two years, which is why there have been a lot of calls to say there has to be an easing of regulations as far as uh, embedded generations is concerned for companies to be able to establish their own renewable energies. And, you know, for quite some time, government has been stuck not, uh, you know, uh, approving but finally, we've had some approved, uh, you know, uh, 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 some some projects approved for big companies, but the lead time is very long. 18 months out, that's when they will be able to start having their own energy. But for individuals, it means we have to trade very carefully. For those that still have some cash on, in, in the pocket, hold on to it because it's going to be a bumpy ride ahead uh, before, before things uh, improve. Mm-hmm. And in that period, you would have to really uh, you know, spend wisely uh, on necessities. Uh, but for those that still remain outside of the labor market, it's going to be tough, it's going to be difficult, which is where government continues to help. But that is not sustainable. As I am Tlanga, Chief Economist at Alexander Forbes, thanks so much for coming on to the show this morning. And I think really helping us see the, the bigger picture in as far as where we are right now, the impact on the labor market, but also just what the future may have in store for us as a country.